1 Corinthians 11th chapter. 1 Corinthians 11th chapter, verses 23 through 26. Uh, very, very familiar passage. You may uh, have this committed to memory by now. It's probably not a communion Sunday goes by that we do not read this because it gives us oh, what a picture it gives us from the Apostle Paul. First uh, Corinthians 11, 23 through 26 from the New King James Version. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So, Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, what we know not teach us, what we have not give us, and who we are not, make us. For Christ's sake and in his name I pray, amen. My, my prayer is always that as we come to this Sunday every month, that, that we remember before we get here that it's Communion Sunday, that we don't walk in the door and this takes us by surprise, but that we have had time to, to meditate and to pray and, and, and to consider before we come. But because what should be our thoughts as we consider the communion table, as, as we approach the Lord's Supper? Uh, Charles Spurgeon said this, You have nothing to think of except that you, a sinner, were loved by a gracious Savior. Try, if you can, to fix your thoughts on these facts. I was lost, perishing, and ruined through my own sins. But glory be to God, the all-sufficient atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ has set me free and made me an heir of heaven. That's a good thought right there, isn't it? That, that's a good thought to have as we would be coming to the table. <laughs> knowing that, that I was once a sinner, but now by all gracious love, everlasting love, I've been set free. I've been set free. I was lost, perishing, and ruined through my own sins, but glory be to God. The all-sufficient atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ has set me free and made me an heir of heaven. <laughs> Remembering Christ, Remembering what Christ did on the cross. Remembering that God the Father made Christ to be, what? Sin for us. Imputed our sin upon His Son. The sinless one. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. You know this verse as well. For He, God the Father made Him, Christ the Son, 
For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. God's plan of salvation. And Jesus came to do the Father's will, to go to the cross, to take upon our sin, and in return give imputed righteousness. Our sin, my sin, imputed to Christ. Christ's righteousness imputed to me. Isn't that a glorious thought? (laughs) At the cross, Jesus took our sin upon himself. He paid the penalty for our sin. He became our substitute. At the cross, God's justice was satisfied. Jesus bore the wrath of the Father so that we might go free. He bore, child of God, He bore our wrath. You see, the, the born-again born believer can, can sing this, the, the song that, that we sang, we didn't do it this morning, but in Christ alone, that, that line that says, uh, till on the cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied, All my sin on him was laid, and here in the death of Christ I live. Spurgeon, I I read a few of his communion sermons, so I've got some quotes here today. Spurgeon said this, God the Father has punished our sins upon the Lord Jesus, the whole of the vials, the vessels, the vials of his wrath were emptied on Christ's head and they cannot now come on yours or mine. That's huge. For for, for the child of God, for the born-again believer, the whole, the whole of the vials of His wrath, of God's wrath, were emptied on Christ's head, and they cannot now come on me and on you. Because he paid the price. He bore it so that we wouldn't have to. No no longer under wrath, but now under grace and mercy and love. Because of Christ and his sacrifice upon the cross. We we, we sang it just a while ago. This the power of the cross. Christ became sin for us. Took the blame, bore the wrath. We stand forgiven at the cross. And that's what Christ did. He became sin for us. He took the blame. He bore the wrath. And now, for those who believe, for those who have received Christ, we stand forgiven because of what Christ has done. And so we, may we remember that Christ gave himself For our sins. Galatians 1, 3 and 4. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins. Why? That he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. See, there it is again, isn't it? Why did he come? To do the Father's will. What was the Father's will? For him to go to the cross. That he would pay a debt that we could not pay. 
and provide a way for us to God the Father. He gave himself for our sins also that we would remember, oh, may we remember that he loved us and he gave himself for us. Uh, for those who are born again, we can proclaim this, that the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. A child of God, do you know that he gave himself for you? For you, you see. May we remember that Christ gave himself. He gave. And may this remembrance not just be a, of a past event, but of a present reality. One writer put it this way. So we remember what happened long ago. Christ died. But the bread and the juice is not here just to help you remember an event in the past, but they are here to remind you that God's promise is really true because Christ's death as payment for your sins is as real as the cup you drink and the bread you eat. It's a present reality that Christ died for sin. Child of God, as, as surely as you drink from the cup, and you taste the bread, surely Christ has died for your sins. Amen? The bread and the cup are to remind us of the reality of Christ's sacrifice, that His obedience and, and His suffering was real, was complete and sufficient, and sufficient to redeem us back to God. 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19 knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Redeemed. It means purchased. A debt was owed on our part. A massive insurmountable debt that we could not pay, and Jesus paid it all. Ephesians 1, verse 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. In 1 Corinthians 1, verses 30 and 31. But of Him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Uh, he who boasts, let, let him boast in the Lord. See, none of us have anything to boast of regarding our salvation except Christ and the cross. Uh, Paul said, God forbid that I should boast save in the cross of Jesus Christ. No boasting on our part. The Lord is the giver of grace, of faith, mercy, and redeeming love. He is the Lord of our salvation, and He gets all the glory. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, you know this. By grace you have been saved through faith. 
And that not of yourselves is the gift of God. What's it saying? Faith is a gift. We didn't conjure it up ourselves. You just didn't one day, you know what? I think I'll do this of your own. What's it say? You have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's nothing you did. It's what Christ did. It's, it's the mercy of, of God. For we are His workmanship. He did it. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. None of us have anything in regard to our salvation to boast of other than the Lord. For the born-again believer, may we awaken every morning with thoughts of our gracious Lord and with thoughts are, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Every morning to wake up, I'm redeemed. You know, the, 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 that song we, we sing, it says, uh, Rejoice, O child of God. Lift your eyes to see. With every morning light, again we are redeemed. Not, not redeemed again and again and again, but to wake up and know I'm still redeemed. I'm still redeemed. I'm still, what can separate us from the love of God? What can snatch us out of Christ's hand? Nothing, absolutely nothing. And so to wake up with the thought, oh, oh, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Jesus came for one purpose, to go to the cross, to redeem us back to God, to take upon himself the penalty of sin for all who would believe, that we might become the righteousness of God. Have you been redeemed? Do you know Him? Does He know you? Do you believe? You see, there's the questions again, isn't it? Oh, do you know? Do you know that you're redeemed? Is His Spirit bear witness with your spirit that you know that you are a child of God? John 3, 14 through 16. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And someone may say, well, I believe. Is your belief unto salvation, though? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Or is your belief no better than that of demons who, who believe and tremble because they know their end? You see. Romans 10, verses 9 through 13, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And I know I say this. Saved from what? Saved from the wrath of God that will one day come upon all unbelievers. Why does anyone go to hell? Unbelief, unbelief, saved from wrath, saved 
For with the heart one believes unto, salva unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So call upon the name of the Lord. Repenting of sin. Believing and trusting Christ, receiving Christ, a belief unto salvation, a belief that sets you free from the wrath of God. <laughs> so for the born-again believer, for the redeemed, may the communion table be a reminder of what Christ has done to purchase our redemption. <laughs> and may it give us a present hope and peace knowing that we are redeemed and that we have communion with Christ. At verse 16, 1 Corinthians 10, just verse 16. The cup of blessings which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? And the bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Communion with Christ. What, what, what does that mean? Communion with Christ. I just want to—I want to just read that verse again, and I want to read it in ESV, and then I'll explain why. Uh, the ESV reads this way: "The cup of blessings which we bless—is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break—is it not a participation in the body of Christ?" You see, the the word, the Greek word translated. Uh, as communion or uh, participation uh, is the word that, that we're familiar with. You, you remember what it is? We've talked about this before. Koinonia. The Wiltburgers know it well. And we know it, but, uh, their, their camp, Camp Koinonia. And it literally means a partnership, a participation, or fellowship. And, and I like how John Piper said it, and I, and I, I just want to read how he says this. You see, there is something more going on when we come to this table than just a mental exercise of remembering something that happened some 2,000 years ago. But rather, Paul says, child of God, you are entering into the story. When you take this bread and you take this cup, you are participating, not just with other believers, but you are having fellowship, you're having communion with Christ. Consider that when we come to the table, may we have a real sense of the presence of Christ. Not a real physical presence as some, as some would believe, but in the reality of a true spiritual presence. Joining us together in one spirit, bringing us up to Christ, having been seated in the heavenly places. You know, a, a spiritual fellowship, a spiritual Communion, one spirit being lifted up. Another quote, uh, the, the Puritan Richard Baxter. He said, nowhere is God so near to man as in Jesus Christ. And nowhere is Christ so familiarly represented to us or so near to us as in the Holy Sacrament. A time of remembrance, a time of communion. So, 
when we partake of the elements of communion, may we not just think of what Christ did 2,000 years ago. And we should and be very thankful for that. But may we also remember that Christ is here with me now. Is the Spirit of God in every born again believer? Yes. Yes. So we can have koinonia. We can have communion. We can have participation with Christ and fellowship with Him. And another thing, when we participate in communion, we are announcing something to the world, aren't we? That the Lord Jesus died for my sins. The Lord Jesus is coming again. And that I will wait on Him and proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. See, it's also a witness. Should there be unbelievers in our midst, it's a witness of what we believe. So when we come to the table, it's as though we're proclaiming... <laughs> This is not the final meal. This is not the final meal. Our, our Lord is coming again. And I've heard it put this way, that, that this is but a tiny appetizer, if you want to put it that way. Because there is coming a great wedding supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb, where Christ and His bride will have fellowship forever. And we get this picture in Revelation 19. Verses 6 and 7. That's what John saw, what John heard. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give Him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and His wife has made herself ready. <laughs> Who's the wife? Who's the wife? The bride of Christ. His church. Those who have been washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. Verse 9 in Revelation 19. Then he, then he said to me, the Lord said to John, Write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we talked about a few weeks ago, every born-again believer, you've been called, haven't you? You've been called by God through Christ, by the Holy Spirit, the truth of His Word. You have been called. And now having received Christ, we are part of this body of Christ, the bride of Christ. And blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. <laughs> so when we come to the table, uh, may, have a, may we have a sense of, of, of hope, of, of expectation of what is yet to come. There, there's a greater meal coming. There's a greater glory coming. I, I will feast with Christ and I will have fellowship with Him forever. And may we live in constant hope of this coming. <laughs> Live in constant hope of, of so many things. <laughs> no more suffering. No more sin. No more sting of death. But all will be peace forevermore. With Him. With Him who redeemed us to God by His blood. 
You see, that, that was the cry of those around the throne. We, we sang Revelation song this morning, and, and all that comes from that Revelation, the fifth chapter. Let me re- read just a piece of it, verses 9 through 13. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. (laughs) May we come to the table praising the Lamb who was slain on our behalf. The Lamb of God who has redeemed us to God by His blood. So our salvation was not purchased with corruptible things like silver or gold. We read it earlier, but with the precious blood of Christ. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of Christ. And without His death, without His blood shed, where would we be? Yet in our sins so may we come to the table with thanksgiving may we come to the table with praise may we come to the table with remembrance may we come to the table with expectation of what is yet to come because of what christ has done psalms 107 1 and 2 oh give thanks to the lord for he is good for his mercy Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Have you been redeemed from the hand of the enemy? Then you have reason to rejoice. You have reason to remember. You have reason to have communion, participation with Christ. I want to read that 1 Corinthians 11 through uh, 11, uh, 23 through 26, one more time. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And I know we point this out so often. Jesus took two elements from the Passover meal. That's why why they had gathered there, wasn't it? To to share in the Passover meal. And first he took the bread. We know that it would have been an unleavened bread according to the, the, the Passover. And, uh, and Jesus had been trying to teach them all along, hadn't he? 
of what was coming, of the cross, and all that would happen to him and what he must do. In John 6, verse 35, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Verses 50 and 51 in John 6. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And we know, we know he was talking in metaphorical terms here. We know that. And we know in the upper room when he took that bread and he said, this is my body broken for you, he, he, he was making a point. He, he was giving, I think it was read this morning, a visual sermon and, and leaving for us a visual sermon that, that we, can, we, can, we can let the, the little pieces of bread and little cups of juice in our mind take us back, you see. And of the cup, he, he, he talked of a new covenant in his blood, Matthew 26, 28. And this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The remission of sin. We have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Jesus willingly gave Himself. He willingly went to the cross in obedience to God the Father. And Jesus said to take the bread and the cup and remember Him. Remember what He has done on our behalf. Remember that we can have fellowship and communion with Him. For all who believe, we have fellowship, we have communion, we have koinonia with Him. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give You thanks. How can we cease from giving thanks for, for what You have done in sending Your Son that we... May, may have forgiveness of sin that we might be set free from wrath. And we give thanks for Christ coming and paying the awesome debt that none of us could ever repay. So even now as we come for this visual sermon of the bread and the juice, Father, help us to remember as we should. Father, I just ask that you would bless the bread. Father, that, that we might eat of it and remember. That we might eat and, and know that, that, yes, eating bread gives us nourishment for our bodies, but all oh, as we eat this bread, let us, let us remember the, the spiritual, that, that as we receive Christ and as we fellowship and commune with Christ. He gives us nourishment for our very souls. And, and Father, bless the, the cup, the, the juice that is before us, Lord, and, and help us that we might remember that, that this is a picture of, of, of Christ and, and giving His very blood for the remission of sin. So Father, help us that, that we would remember aright that we would never forget and that we know we owe it all. We have nothing else in which we can stand or boast except Christ and the cross.
So, Father, help us. Help us to remember. Help us to worship in, in spirit and truth. Help us to know what that is. Help us to know what that looks like. Help us to know as, as individuals of, of how we should be worshiping Christ. Help us, Lord, as a church and a congregation to know how we, we should honor you and honor Christ and to live and walk according to the Spirit. So, Father, just now, help us. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.